Hey guys, Travis Greenlee here with Epic Men Radio, rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. So what would it be like to be able to accomplish anything you want in life and business with simplicity and ease? If you knew with certainty that by focusing on one single goal for 120 days that you would achieve it, how would it enhance your life? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more in today's episode of Epic Man Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. You're listening to Epic Men Radio. All right, guys. So our special guest today has an absolutely fascinating background. In fact, on his more sedate side, he's expressed himself over the years as a university professor, a married priest of the Eastern Orthodox Church, a best-selling author on personal transformation methods used by ancient cultures. And on his more edgy side, he's a martial arts expert, an emergency management expert, and he's trained in counterterrorism by the veterans of the U.S. and Israeli Special Forces, and he used to run top-secret intelligence operations for the Canadian government. As one of the world's leading experts on human resilience, he's here today to share with his own experience and the experience of thousands of his clients what it takes to build a successful business as an entrepreneur and to build a lifestyle business and truly live an epic life. Please welcome Dr. Simeon Roger. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hi, Travis. It's great to be here. Thanks. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on as well. Now, Simeon, looking over your bio, you know, your background and all the things that you've done over the years, absolutely fascinating. I mean, I can't believe, again, the, the sedate side as well as the edgy side. Let's jump right into it with our guests in terms of your background. You know, how did you get started? And tell us a little bit about the path and you know, some of the ups and some of the downs and just kind of paint us a picture, if you would of your overall background? It's a whole bunch of different things, Travis. Really, I've been totally fascinated by, uh, by the whole idea of the warrior, of what it takes to live as a warrior since I was, oh, I don't know, in my early teens probably, uh, or preteen. And so I've been really going down that path in a way the whole time, and everything else is an offshoot of that path. Um, even, uh, even being a priest in the, in the Eastern Orthodox Church is an offshoot of that path. Uh, and the more you know about orthodoxy, the more you know that's the case. Right. But it's, uh, it, it, everything else has to do with that, really, in some way or another. So what I've always been focused on was, how is, what is human life supposed to look like? How can, it, how can it be made to work? And like most people, I grew up in a, you know, a situation that was you know, pretty dysfunctional. Right. Like, <laughs> so like most of us, of, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so I had lots of, lots of role models around me for dysfunctionality. Uh, and then the question was, well, how is human life supposed to work? Why can't people maintain their health? Why can't they maintain their joy in life? Why can't they find what they're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Why can't, you know, on all the why can'ts of life? And, um, and in doing that, of course, I researched as, you know, what you suggested, I researched a lot of ancient cultures along the way, eventually wrote about them in, uh, really, that's the first time I think anyone's really done a serious overall look at the personal development methods used by ancient cultures the world over. Mm-hmm. And the methods are all there. It's, there's really nothing new under the sun. Uh, the secrets are well known. It's, mm-hmm. it's how, do we, how do we relate to them today? How do we unearth them? How do we find people who understand them and who can implement them and make them comprehensible for our particular 
time and place because we live in a we live in a crazy culture a place a, a culture that hasn't ever existed on the planet before you know we're uh, we're in a, we live at a totally frenetic pace the expectations on us are very great and it's it's a challenge to live today it really wow. is yeah. And I love it. And I, again, bringing back all the training that you've had, especially in this whole warriorship piece and, and the Zen piece and, and the ancient cultures is so fascinating. And we're seeing it in the tribe, you know, with the Epic Man tribe, it's really beginning to, to grow. And we're really beginning to experience, I think, a much more of an awakening around the world for all of us to, to move into much more of a spiritual type of perspective and really looking at some of the bigger picture stuff. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, when you're, when you're working with your clients and you're serving and you're supporting your clients, um, what are some of the challenges that they're going through and that they're experiencing and how do you serve them? You know, how do you help them? What are maybe some tips that can help guys like all of us, like you said, that are going through these challenging times. It's a crazy world that we live in right now. What are some of the things that you do for your clients to help them to, to become more Zen-like? I think this is, you know, you've hit on something that's very important because so many of the people that certainly that I get as clients, and I'm no different from anybody else, I get a lot of very driven, very uh, type A people, um, and all of that's great. They, they often have a lot of drive, but at the same time, they really need to be able to get back into their bodies. And this is part of, if you know, if you want to understand how to really become Zen-like. Right. <laughs> and one of the first mistakes people make is they think it's all about their thoughts. They think it's all about the mind. If Well, if I just think something different, if I focus on good stuff, if I try gratitude, if I, and all of this is good. Don't right. get me wrong. That's good. Yep. But it, it only takes you so far because really what has to happen, and this was very well understood in most ancient cultures, uh, and of course they weren't really dealing with stress of the same type that we are, but what was very much understood was to make all of this work, you have to get back into your body. You have to get out of your head and into your body. Mm. And that is an absolute key. In other words, really you have to reintegrate the mind and the body. And you know, in the West, we're so used to the idea that, oh, okay, now I'm going to go to the gym and work on my fitness. Mm -hmm. So while I do that, I'll be running. My body will run on the exercise bike while my brain zones out tuned into the TV in front of me. Right. And from the perspective of really advanced ancient training systems, like, say, the, the, the Shaolin or the Wudong systems of China or the, the Ninja of Japan or anything like that, they would just scratch their heads and say, are you crazy? <laughs> the only way to train... To, the, to get the kind of result you're looking for is that you have to keep, when you're exercising, you have to focus your mind inside your body. You have to keep it there. Mm -hmm. You have to literally focus on the muscles you're stretching. Mm. You can't just run on a stupid treadmill and, and think <laughs> somehow by your, it's, it's, you see that you, but you understand what's happening because this is the great problem of our culture. The mind and the body are pulled apart. We think of them as entirely different things. And that's just evidence of it. Every time you go to the gym, you see these people watching television running on the treadmill. And uh, it's, it's not really going to help ultimately. There's a lot more to the, the integration of the physical side, the mental side, the emotional side, the spiritual side. Mm -hmm. All of this can be integrated. And the methods are fairly well known. There are a number of different ones across the world. But uh, we're pretty ignorant of them in the West. And we still mm -hmm. kind of divide things into these arbitrary categories that really don't serve us very well. Right. Makes such sense. And so let's talk a little bit about you. Let's talk about you personally, because again, I know you've had such an amazing path, such a, such an interesting path over the years and the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns. Mm -hmm. 
let's start with something that I think everybody is so interested is challenges and looking at failures and maybe some of the things yeah. that, you've, that you've overcome and that you've come through and, of course, that you've learned from as an example of that that you can take and, and be able to serve your clients at a much better and, and a much deeper level. So thinking back of your entire career, if you can really pinpoint one major challenge or one major sort of failure that you've had, what would that be? Well, I think especially for the purposes of today's discussion, because you guys are very much focused on lifestyle business, uh, I have to say that when I first got into business was back around 2004, I was, you know, getting into it sort of slowly, putting my thoughts together, had a book to write, had stuff to do. And, um, and what I noticed was, uh, <laughs> yeah, this was, this was failure big time. Basically, what happened, Travis, was I was very busy getting my business ready to go. Mm -hmm. For the better part of a year, I was very busy getting my business ready to go while I slowly slid into incredible debt. Mm -hmm. Because I was very busy in doing things that in my mind were important, but on the other hand, it wasn't generating revenue. So frankly, it didn't count. And it mm -hmm. was making a mess of things. And this is part of the problem, though, and I, I see it with my clients all the time. We're very adept at staying in our comfort zone. We're really good at doing those those particular elements in building a business that we like to do, that we're good at, and we fail to realize that, you know, building a business, to be frank, isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's tough. You mm -hmm. know it's tough. Uh, yeah. once, once it gets up and running and going, it could be the greatest thing in the universe. But sometimes to get there, that can be the tough stage. And so what I did was I just kept going on and on um, and was getting really nowhere. That was, uh, that was my biggest failure. And that really, I would say, crippled, crippled me in a sense for several years to come. Though so right after that, I also had my first major success. Mm hmm. Interesting. So again, the both sides of the hands, you know, the breakdown yep. breakthrough and what we learn from, from both sides of that as well. So it's being in the comfort zone, you experienced it yep. and as well as with your clients and, and I see myself doing this as well as you know, I, I'll get in and I'll start working on an app or I'll start working on something creative or doing something fun, as opposed to doing something that I know I need to be doing and moving our business and moving our tribe forward. I think we're all part of that. And so how did you realize that? And then how did you, you know, overcome it? You know, what kind of maybe action steps did you put in place to be able to move yourself forward? Well, uh, I think I, I realized it's by looking at a thing called my bank book and then, <laughs> uh, where's all the money? Right. Yeah. And then, uh, after that it was, how, what, what were the steps that I put in place? Well, you know, you, you talked about the temptation is to, is to do something fun. Mm -hmm. You know, if we dissect that a little more, what's often happening is not so much that you're seduced by what's fun or even what's familiar, although there's an element of that. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is if you think about your business in, a, in a, a really strategic way, if I can put it that way, what you're doing is you're leaving the strategic level, which is where the the predominant preponderance of your attention should be on the strategic level of your business. You're diving into the tactical level. Why? Because most of the time, most of us have spent a lot of time at the tactical level. We're good at various tasks in that tactical level mm -hmm. and we neglect to spend enough time on that strategic level above it. And that's really one of the huge problems. Um, and so that's one of the things that with clients, I'm a lot of the time, a lot of the time spent with clients is pulling them out of the weeds Right. Stay out of the weeds. Stay here. Right. 
Stay here, up here enough. Down here, you can go occasionally. Don't stay there because it is a swamp. Right. And, it <laughs> and, will, and, it, and it's easy weeds. to get stuck into. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, you, you get into it and you're in the weeds. Mm -hmm. And, man, you don't even realize you're in the weeds until all of a sudden you stand up and look at your bank account like you did. Like, whoa, yep. you know, we need to make some That's change. right. Or, or else you feel yourself getting really frustrated and, and kind of depressed because, yeah, you're, there are a lot of challenges and most of them are at the tactical level. Right. And that's why you got to keep most of your headspace up here above it in the, in the strategic realm. Otherwise, you can get down pretty quickly because you know how many obstacles we face doing this. Oh, yeah. But as for me and how it, how it turned around, it was kind of, it was kind of miraculous. And I, I, an idea came to me one day. It was that simple. An idea came to me. The idea was to build a teleseminar series. And you remember the old style teleseminar series where you'd, you know, interview a famous person once a week on sure. a topic. Yeah. And so I had this idea come to me about doing it to do with uh, the area of mindset because I was intensely interested in mindset at the time. And uh, I thought, yeah, the more I thought about this idea, the more I liked it then the more I, every time I sort of put out like a feeler or, or took an action step to sort of move toward this, I got a sort of encouraging signal. And then I started doing what was wildly outside my comfort zone. I started phoning famous people wow. who didn't know me from Adam and saying, I have this series coming up. Would you like to be a guest? And here's how it's set up and here's how we'll, you know, organize it. And you know what? Most of them actually said yes. Huh. It was unbelievable. And uh, so we set up the Mindset Bootcamp. It was a, a very, very popular teleseminar series. So this was 10 years ago, almost, almost 10. And uh, it did really, really well. And it did really well. It ran for about four months, I think. And uh, but what the important thing is what came out of it and the lessons learned. Because what was really key about it was it was almost the perfect example of uh, I hate to use the term because I don't like it very much the law of attraction. Yeah, it was almost a perfect example because this idea came to me every time I thought about it I felt good. When I tried setting it up, people and resources flocked literally flocked mm -hmm. to me. I had two people volunteer to help me set it up. I had one of my guests volunteer to go get other guests mm. that I wouldn't have access to, but sure. he did. Yeah, and. And it was it was crazy. And then when I'm going through interviewing these people, I become friends with these people, and some of them become my mentors. Some become joint venture partners later on. Uh, I spent I have spent almost ten years doing joint ventures with these people, and with these with people they introduced me to, and my business partner for the next eight years found me through that series as well. It was just. It was crazy. It was like, it was the gift that never stopped giving. <laughs> Literally every day for almost a decade, I could, I could point to something and say that came from that one thing. Powerful. And, and this is what we've got to realize is when you have a business idea, it's a lot bigger than you think it is. And it, but it also underlines the fact that, you know, a lot of your success comes from other people. Mm -hmm. And this, this is one of the temptations I find my clients um, fall into, and I certainly did, which is, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to set up a business. So I'm going to barricade myself in my office and I'm going to work on it. I'm just going to put my head down and work on it and not talk to anybody. Uh, well, the fact is most of your success will come through people, right? Some people you haven't even met yet. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's the tribe. It's all yeah. about the tribe, man. Exactly. We're certainly big believers here at Epic Man, all about the tribe. And it's your story is so interesting in, in several different respects, but really the ability, you know, from being beat down, you know, from being that place where you were just humbled and you're, you know, yeah. you're into debt. And of course it was just scary and immobilizing and it, you know, what it did to your confidence. I could imagine, you know, all of that. And then to be able to turn that around to the point where you're saying, you know what, you've got your vision. You took the time, you laid it out, you mapped it out. So you got it out of your head. You got it on a paper so you could get some, you know, some power around it. And then you realized that it wasn't about you. It had to be about the tribe and then starting to reach outside of you. And, and it's interesting you said it was very uncomfortable at first, you know, to be able to make those calls, but yeah. look at what it did for you in terms of your career and the income and the lifestyle and everything that's created. I mean, you're, you're famous, you know, you're an absolute celebrity because of that, because of making that decision to step out. And, you know, it's just a great point for a lot of guys that I think are listening in that maybe might be a little immobilized right now or stuck in fear or just not sure if they can really do this. You know, if they could share their voice and share their experiences. And, you know, a lot of times people say, oh God, why would people listen to what I had to say? You know, I don't really have anything valuable to say, but the reality is what you went through is we all do. You know, we all have our story. We all have our experiences. And that, again, can support people in so many different ways. So fantastic. I love it, this whole mindset piece. And so that, again, continue to move your career forward. What is it that fires you up? I mean, Simeon, when you think about like life and it gets you out of bed and you're excited and you go to bed at night and you're like, ah, just feeling satisfied and just, you know, that you had just a fantastic day, a productive day. What is it that fires you up? I suppose probably, you know, just it's what's really amazing to me is when you see somebody who makes headway, when they really turn a, a challenging situation around, mm-hmm. that's what fires me up. Mm. So I think of people like um, one person uh, was Cindy, Cindy Kubica. You may or may not, may not know Cindy. She's um, back when Cindy was, uh, I guess she was probably in her late 30s, early 40s. She suffered almost a complete kind of... Uh, breakdown in the sense of um what would you call it just uh i don't know if it was adrenal fatigue or whatever but it was Mm. just like couldn't couldn't move couldn't get out of bed physically broke down it was yeah it was physical uh probably emotional too and and just you know couldn't face life couldn't get out of bed wow that kind of stuff and with with cindy it was a matter for her she she took some of the very physical mind-body integration piece and just was using that, just mm-hmm. use some of the, the Chinese Qigong that I taught her mm-hmm. and use that over a period of, it took, it didn't happen right away. It took a few months, but to go from there to being able to get out of bed, being, being able to exercise, get her energy back. Mm-hmm. And now she's a famous talk show host and she runs marathons. <laughs> <laughs> and when you see that you've had that kind of impact on somebody, you think, okay, thank God. That's, you know, it's, it's amazing. Right. Or sometimes it's fixing somebody else's issue in the same way. Uh, one guy that I've worked with, Al Kelburn, is a famous Olympic gymnastics coach in the U.S. And for him, it was not fixing him. It was fixing his athletes. Right, right. <laughs> and so he, he took also Qigong and uh, used it to do two things. One was to make his athletes fall in love with their workouts, which they hadn't been doing before. <laughs> and the other was to uh, cut the uh, the rate of injuries way, way down 
Hmm. Because, of course, an injury is a truly debilitating thing to an Olympic athlete. It's probably what they fear the most. And so sure. they wanted a way to make sure that injuries don't take their people out of the game at that last, you know, for those crucial last moments. So sometimes it's that, but sometimes it's very much in the mindset. Sometimes it's really hmm. just wrestling somebody to the ground and saying, no, these are excuses. Right. Right. And, and the accountability piece. You know, yeah. we talk a lot about accountability here at Epic Men is, you know, we, we only have such willpower. We're all human beings and we have great intentions and we've got great ideas. We could be passionate and all these things. But man, it's just so difficult. As you'd mentioned, um, you know, it's a very challenging time. You know, we're at the speed of things now and just the fact that we're just so overwhelmed. We've got so much going on. So, and able to be focused, like you're saying, and to be able to get clear-headed and to get directed on where you want to take your life, whether it's your business, it's your personal life, it's your family, it's your, you know, your relationships, your health, your spiritual perspective. So having that sense of clarity, I think is something clearly that everybody needs and very few people have. And hence, you know, the need for an accountability partner, a coach, you know, somebody within the tribe that can support you in getting outside of your own head, you know, get outside. Oh yeah, absolutely critical. I mean, uh, it, I don't think in the last 10 years I've done anything very much without a coach mm -hmm. and certainly not without accountability partners. It's, it, it's just too important. And a lot of people don't realize that. You don't realize it until you do it, I think. Right, exactly. You realize that it's, you've really got to have somebody and have somebody that will kick butt, that will force mm -hmm. you to, to, to live up to your word and to, to get you moving. Right. One of the biggest problems I see, Travis, is um, that when people – you know, want to start a business, for instance, is they don't realize, well, obviously they don't realize the challenges, but they don't realize that they have to move quickly. Mm -hmm. Speed is extremely important. Yep. Momentum. Momentum. Get that speed. Yep. You can get speed a number of different ways. You can even build it into your calendar, but you've got to get speed. You've got to be able to go from, you know, A to B to C to D very, very rapidly. Um, in, and that's critically important for your mindset, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's not so much for anything else. Yeah, it's important to the financial aspect too. You need to get to the marketplace quickly. But you do need very much to, for your, the sake of your own mindset to be moving, to be mm -hmm. really moving along. So for instance, if you, you know, if you make a decision today to do something in your business and you feel good about that decision, you commit to it, but then you don't do anything for 48, 72 hours, that actually affects your self-esteem. Mm. And that's why it's critical. You have to get in motion because, of course, once you're in motion, it's relatively easy to stay in motion. It's getting into motion in the first place. That's the trick. Right. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? Yeah, that and clarity, which, you know, what you said about clarity is absolutely true, too, because what I find with my clients, and I'm, I'm kind of betting you find it with yours, uh, they're not nearly as clear as they need to be. True. Because we're talking about clarity that is totally a radical version of clarity. Mm-hmm. Radical in the sense, if I wake you out of a dead sleep at three in the morning and say, what are your top three tasks for the next, next day? You will know. You won't even have to think about it. Mm -hmm. The That's first one would be punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there'd be that. <laughs> Waking me up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Super interesting. Simeon, how about a habit? 
You know, we think about the importance of managing our state, whether it's our mindset or the physical aspects of our bodies, but being able to understand how to manage that to be able to get the most out of ourselves, to be as productive and as successful and focused and clear-headed and all of those. Let's talk about how you manage your state. What would be, for instance, a personal habit that you do that you could recommend for our guys that maybe they could take on as well to be able to get into that state, to get centered, to get clear, to be able to create the things that they want? Well, I look at it as having a central organizing principle. That Your life really needs a central organizing principle. And the one I recommend is that you are that central organizing principle. In other words, your, your overall wellness has to be that fundamental principle one way or another. Uh, and that's very important because, of course, if you're not in, in at the best state you can be in, you're not, then you're, you're unable to deliver to your family, to your loved ones, to your clients, to, to anybody, mm -hmm. right? You, you need to take care of you first. And uh, it's, it's funny because it, it sounds like it, it sounds kind of selfish when you say it at first, especially in our culture, right. but it's absolutely true. You have to take care of you first. And so for, for me, what I do is I make absolutely sure that my day revolves around the, the exercise that I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the first thing. First thing is this. Everything else fits around it. Right. It doesn't mean I do it first thing in the morning. I may spread it out throughout the day because there are different things that I do, but it means I plan it first. Everything else fits around that. Me first, the rest later. And then mm -hmm. that includes, you know, ex it can include exercise. It can include meditation time. It can include reading time. All of that self-care because without that self-care, the pressures of being an entrepreneur, as you know. I mean, right. It's tough. Again, in. it's just overwhelm and just all the stuff going on. So getting centered, you know, focusing yeah. on you and not necessarily being selfish, but it's that self-care, like caring enough yeah. about you and, and not about just you, and, but it's everyone that you touch, whether it's your family, your clients, your customers, yeah. everybody that you that you make a difference in their lives. When you're yeah. centered, you make a much bigger difference than when you're not. And I'll give you another example that's kind of interesting too. It comes from the world of corporate culture. It's where, you know, there were a lot of companies at one point that, that decided, okay, we put customers first. Everything's focused on the customer. Mm -hmm. Then they realized that wasn't working. <laughs> and then some of them backtracked and thought, okay, what if we took care of our own people first? What if we took care of our employees first if everything is about them? Yeah. And guess what? When the employees are taken care of, they take care of the customers far better. Exactly. So again, it always comes back, that, back to that, you know, you have to look after yourself first, whether it's you, the individual, or you, the organization, and then you have something to give. Right. Exactly. So question, with everything that we've talked about today and everything that we've covered with your background and the whole, um, you know, Eastern, you know, approach, the Zen approach to things and the mindset piece and being centered and so on and so forth, managing your state. If you could ask a question of everybody, of our guys within the tribe for, to have them think about themselves, what question would you ask them that will make a big difference in moving their lives forward? I think the question I would ask is this ask yourself, what is the one goal which, if I achieve it in the next 120 days, will move my life radically forward? Mm. And the reason I ask that is, is the following, that at any one time in your life, typically, Travis, there's, you know, you'll have a number of goals. Mm -hmm. right? We all have a number of goals in different areas of our lives. We have spiritual goals. We have health goals. We have relationship goals. We have financial goals. We have sure. love. Yep. So in our lives, we have many goals, but at any one time in your life, typically there is one, one goal, 
which, if you achieve it, will contribute enormous value to you and probably to the people around you as well. Mm-hmm. And typically, it, that one goal, if you achieve it, will also make all those other goals really easy to achieve. Hmm. And, and why is that? When you say one goal, when you achieve that one, it makes all the others easier to achieve. Why is that? Well, because it's, it's sometimes it's kind of a, a linchpin effect where, you know, sometimes, okay, if I have, if I'm, let's take a hypothetical situation, if somebody is having a really rough time in their primary relationship, mm-hmm. well, that's going to really affect their health. It's going to affect their performance. It's going to affect everything else. So if they, take, if they can take care of that and get that nailed down in whichever way that has to work itself out, yep. it's going to make it a lot easier to deal with all the rest. Got it. Now, sometimes it's a financial goal, and sometimes for that same reason, everything else becomes easier once you've solved that one. Right. So often there's one thing, mm-hmm. which if you do it, is going to contribute this enormous value. So there's always, even though we have many goals, there's always a hierarchy of goals. Right. Right. And it's, I think, a confidence thing as well. And like you said, you know, when you set a goal and you're, we're in integrity, so we say what we're going to do, and then we actually do what we said we're going to do. Um, you know, being in action like that, that builds that confidence. Whereas on the other side of that, when we have a goal or something where we just don't take action on, like you said, it dramatically decreases the level of our confidence. It makes us feel crappy about ourselves as opposed to having that confidence and being able to create that momentum in other things, different goals. As an example for you to be able to pick up the phone and start calling all these celebrities that was, it was scary at the time, right? Oh, yeah. Early in the day, but man, <laughs> you did it. And then you did the second one, and then you did the third one. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, this isn't so bad because you elevated that level of confidence in terms of what you are capable of. And look what it did for your career. I mean, 10 years and, and still yeah. going because of that. So how about a yeah. challenge? So the question is, you know, looking at, um, you know, really where they are, what is one goal, one specific thing mm-hmm. that we could focus on for 120 days, what would be an action step, a specific action step for them? Well, I think the action step is, first of all, ask yourself this question. What is that one goal and why 120 days? Well, basically 120 days because pretty much almost any, any goal you want to achieve can be achieved through focused effort in 120 days. That's 120 days is one third of a year. It's four months, 16 weeks or so, and it can be done. Um, but here's the, here's the challenge. You have to know what that goal is. So in other words, you need clarity. So the, the action step, the challenge, Travis, would be think through all your goals. Find out which one is that overarching goal, that real linchpin, that one that's going to make the biggest difference right now. Define it and define it very closely. Define it exactly in writing on paper. Mm-hmm. And what you're going to find is, okay, you're going to write something down and you're going to think, okay, maybe I've got it. And you'll come back, you'll look at it later and you'll say, that sucks. Right. <laughs> you know? Why did I word it that way? So right. you have to play with the wording a little bit. Come back to it over a period of, say, three times over a period of the next three days. Mm-hmm. Revisit it once a day and think it through again. At the end of three days, you should be very clear on what that goal is. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. Awesome. Because you need to be really clear. Right, right. And then put together a plan to achieve it, you know, whatever it's going to take. Well, you know, what's the first action step, right? And what's the second action step? Yeah. For instance, I had a client who recently said, uh, to answer this question, said, um, I want to set up my business. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does that mean? 
Uh, in other words, define it so that we abs- define it so that it's very clear to somebody else reading it exactly what you mean. So that if they were to say 120 days from now, have you achieved your goal? And you said yes, then they'd be able to look at that and say, then you've done this and this and this, right? Mm-hmm. That means this. It isn't vague, like set up your business. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And this sort of parlays right into your specialty and working with clients is with your program. So you've got a coaching program around identifying this primary goal and then how to achieve it in 120 days. Tell us a little bit about that. How does that work? What's that about? You know, how can guys get involved with that? Give us a little feedback if you would. Yeah, sure. Well, basically what I'm doing, Travis, I'm taking clients 120 days. This is what I do. I will get you to your goal in 120 days. That's all I care about. I will get you to the goal that you decide in 120 days. Sometimes we have to work on it together, granted. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do start with me and they're not totally clear on what that goal is or else they're pretty sure, but they really do need to nail it down. That's, that's fair enough. That's absolutely okay. So what I do with them is I say, okay, here we are and we're not going to start the clock until we have our first session. Mm-hmm. After that, we can start the clock and then we got 120 days. It's not a long time. It's, that's 16 weeks. Mm-hmm roughly 16, 17 weeks. So we got to get you in motion. We want you to be in motion by week two. We want you to be in motion very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's simply a matter of focus and focusing on this one goal. And some people will say, well, why focus on one goal? Just, well, this is how people win. I hate right. to say it, but one of the biggest mistakes that people make uh, and we see it all the time. I, I've seen it in myself. You've probably seen it in yourself. Is because we're kind of, you know, we're sort of Renaissance men. We like to shiny, yeah, yeah. shiny object syndrome, right? Yes. And and this is this is true. So knowing that that's the truth, knowing that that's absolutely the case, what we have to do is focus on one thing. Because here's the here's the thing: winners winners do things sequentially. Losers try to do things simultaneously. Focus on one thing, get it done, move on to the next. That's how you win. Mm-hmm. When I was doing the mindset boot camp, what was really cool about it is I had nothing else to focus on. I did that, right? And that, and then I, you know, I didn't realize till later that that was a key part of it. I continued after that to try to do too many things, and it would come back and bite me. Yeah. And but that's when I was re- reverting to my original setting of that year of failure. Right. Mm-hmm. It was very, very important to. Uh, really to to focus on one thing, just to nail one thing. Can you stay that focused? Can you do one thing for the next 120 days as far as your business goes? Yeah, you'll have lots of other things to focus on in life, of course. You, have your, you, know, you may have your, your, uh, your spouse, your family, um, lots of other things too. Um, but as far as business goes, you only want to have to achieve one thing. Fantastic. Simeon, great information today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your your years of experience. We all appreciate it and we're all going to benefit greatly from it. If our guys want to learn more about you, where should they go to learn more about you and your coaching and how you might be able to work together? Sure. Yeah, we have a, uh, I'd suggest they go to um, the, the following website, Urban Warrior Coaching, all one word, urbanwarriorcoaching.com. Uh, forward slash webinar. Okay. So when you sign up for that, there is a webinar and some other resources that we take you through. So there's some good educational value there. You learn how the system works. You learn some really key skills for advancing your business. And, uh, you know, when, after people go through that, if they want to chat and we'll see if we can work together, sure. 
Perfect. Awesome. Thanks again, Simeon. I really, again, appreciate your time. All of our tribe appreciate your time. And uh, we look forward to reconnecting with you over and over again here in the Epic Men tribe. Thanks for listening to Epic Men Radio. Rattling the cage and reigniting the fire. Be sure to share Epic Men Radio with other men in your tribe so no one will ever miss a single empowering episode. You can find us at epicmen.com. Epicmen.com.